You're listening to the Healthy Creative Ministry Podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative ministry from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. Hey friends, thank you so much for joining me this week on the Healthy Creative Ministry Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Curtis. This week, I want to talk about what 2024 holds for us. I don't want to talk about uh, resolutions per se, but I want to talk to you a little bit about a mindset that has been in my head for a couple weeks now. It really culminated during our Christmas Eve services. Uh, the passage that was being emphasized was Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. What was being emphasized in the service was this idea of us not being able to build a bridge on our own to the Savior that we need. But instead, we actually need the Savior to proactively build toward us. And that's what we see. That's what's beautiful about Christ, one of the many things, that he came to seek and to save the lost, to find us and to save us. And so what I'm trying to do here with this series of episodes is we look to God's word as our compass or as our, you know, our kind of direction and then begin asking some questions about our own practice as communicators in the church. What is it that we should be doing based on what it is that we see in God's word. And so all I want to talk about is this one passage. There's three things that really kind of have come to my mind. They've surfaced for me. Some of these are things that I've been working on for quite a while. So there's an intersection point for me that uh, I think is a real nice sort of jumping off point. But there are three areas where I think proactivity can be the hallmark phrase or you know, sort of behavioral adjustment in your year. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of New Year's resolutions uh, in general. I'm actually a bigger fan of monthly goals as opposed to uh, annual goals or even quarterly goals, but something that's a shorter duration of time because those seem to me, at least in my own life, they've proven to be much more doable, (laughs) much more accomplishable. I can invest in something for 90 days, even if I don't love it. Man, doing that for a year is just overwhelming. So I'm coming at this from the perspective of don't make these necessarily resolutions, but rather think about how you can reorient some of your decision-making. To me, that's a, that's a more productive investment of our energy. So as I look at this, you know, son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Uh, that's Luke 19, 10. I think I've already mentioned that, but just in case. So when I see the proactivity of God to come to us, and the opportunity for us to model Christ's behaviors to the world around us, there's a couple of things that come to mind that I think are directly applicable for us as we try to communicate effectively in our churches. The first, I would encourage you to be proactive with a plan. Now, you may already have a plan in place, and that's awesome if you do. I would encourage you to revisit it, to refine it, uh, to dial it in, to remind yourself and others of it, but to operate within the context of a plan. I found that the times in my career when I was most frustrated, and frankly, where our communication was the worst, was when we weren't operating off of a plan. It was a little bit more shooting from the hip and and not really being thoughtful or calculated in the way that we're doing what we're doing. I recognize some may feel overwhelmed by that concept. So Something I've been working on for quite a while now is a course. It's called the Healthy Church Communications Blueprint. 
And really what I'm going to be doing in this course is I'm going to be walking through the foundational principles of building a healthy communications ministry in your church. So if you're in that camp of like, I have no idea how to even start, uh, I want to encourage you to jump onto the email list. Uh, I'm going to be doing these as uh, like sign-up periods. It's not going to be perpetually open because part of what is also uh, an opportunity with this, you can buy just the course or you can also upgrade and buy into a cohort. So if you're the kind of person who's like, man, online education is fine, but I struggle to do these things on my own. I need a group. That is also available, but that's going to limit the sign-up window. So it's all going to be communicated to my uh, Creative Bytes newsletter, the, the list of people on there. So if that's at all interesting to you, jump on there. Uh, you can sign up at lunchtimeheroes.co. The point, though, is that you have to have a plan in order to be proactive. Because if I initiate a conversation with somebody, but I haven't thought through what that conversation will be, it's not going to be a beneficial interaction. So proactivity requires a little bit of work before the conversation. So in the cases of a plan for your communications ministry, you're going to have to think a little bit about that. You're going to have to build it. So I would encourage you to be proactive with your plan. Build something, even if it's a bare bones, even if it's very simplistic. Build something that helps govern what you're doing. The next area, and they're actually very closely related. This is what's so fascinating to me. You know, typically we talk about systems a lot and, you know, what project management system are you using? All those kinds of things uh, tend to be the primary conversations in, in church communications world. But we rarely talk about how to navigate the relationships that we have with other people. By its nature, a communications ministry is extremely invasive. It impacts everybody on the team. And when we don't do a good job of protecting our relationships or investing in our relationships, they can turn sour and toxic very quickly. And so my recommendation here for 2024, let's be proactive in our relationships. There's a couple things that this looks like. It looks like you initiating conversations with ministry leaders. I know for me, my, my temperament was to sit back in my chair <laughs> and wait. I'm going to wait for the ministry leader to come to me because they should be able to do this, right? This is part of their job, right? How do they have a job working anywhere if they can't be proactive about the, the ministry events that they have and the needs that they have from a comm team? It doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm not going to do their job for them. They should be responsible for it. That was my attitude. That was my posture. And, you know... <laughs> At the end of the day, that did not help our relationships get better. That did not help our communications ministry be more effective, nor did it help us be healthier. In fact, it did the opposite. It created more fire drills or last minute projects than it solved. And it put more strain and stress on the relationships that we had with ministry leaders. It wasn't a good way to handle this. And so I would challenge you or encourage you, be proactive in your conversations with ministry leaders. Ask them what's coming. Ask them how you can be helpful to them. Look at this as, a, as an opportunity to partnership. And then similarly, if you're in an organization that has both ministry leaders and leadership, meaning it's not just you and the senior pastor or senior minister or whatever, the, there, there's more than, than one of you on staff, we'll put it that way, then 
you also want to focus on being proactive in your relationship with your senior leader. Go to lunch with them or have a regular meeting with them. Cultivate the relationship with them so that you can get a better sense of the things that they care about, the things that they value. These are gonna be things that we're talking through in the course and in the cohort as well. So if you're like, I like these things, I don't know what to do. Again, this is gonna be a good solution for you. It is so important for us to own the improvement of these relationships. And that's why us being proactive is such an important component. That's why I wanna talk about that this week. Because when we are proactive, we actually will find that all of the problems that we encounter will get better. Not solved necessarily, There are some problems that are just beyond our capacity to solve, but they're far fewer than we think there are. And what I have found is that proactivity in these relationships, building these relationships and investing in them, it is an absolute game changer to the point where this is the first step that any person should take. If they're in an environment that's stressful or overwhelming to them, they feel like they're burning out, proactivity in these relationships ends up creating so much margin and so much uh, relational equity. It's, it's just a better thing. It leads us to a much better place than if we ignore that. And then the last thing here, have you, as you have more uh, interaction with people, you will have an opportunity for this, proactivity in our grace. So when somebody misses a deadline, let's be proactively gracious to them. <laughs> let's be Let's be finding ways to help them solve the problem rather than, yeah, no, I kind of thought you missed the deadline. And so, you know, just waiting for your content, go to them and say, Hey, you know what? It looks like the deadline's coming. Do you want me to write something for you? Do you want me to, you know, throw an idea your way? How can I be helpful to you in hitting the deadline that we've talked about? So there's that internal side within your own staff. But I also want to encourage you to look at proactivity and grace as something that we can provide to the outside world. When those outside the church are looking to the church, they don't really know what to expect in a lot of cases. In many cases, they haven't been to a church before, and so they don't really know what interaction looks like. All they have experience with is for-profit entities, businesses, um, maybe nonprofits. But we have a really interesting opportunity where we can model the free gift of grace that has been given to us, we can model that by the way that we require people to connect with us and engage in ministry. Here's what I mean by that. If I want to sign up for an event, how many layers of complexity are you going to make me go through? If I want to volunteer, how much complexity are you going to make me go through? Now, I'm not saying there shouldn't be, you know, filters or whatever, the, the, the checks and, and systems to make sure that everybody's on the same page or whatever. But what I find is that often we make it really hard for people to plug into meaningful ministry. I had a conversation recently where um, somebody was talking to us about uh, a church and the things that, that their church offers and then asking a little bit about what we do and what we're interested in. And ultimately, it all kind of funnels back to, are you in a small group? It's always the, it's always the charge. And so they asked that question and my response was, you know, I've had a hard time finding a group of people that are like-minded. I have my own business and that's really put me in a weird category because I've always been in the uh, I'm on church staff category, which is also a weird category, by the way. I'm sure you already know that if you're surfing on, on staff somewhere, but having a business is also a weird category. 
So I'm in kind of like a double weird. And so I mentioned, you know, the, the type of group that I think would be really great is, is one that has other small business owners, entrepreneurs in it so that there's at least a camaraderie around some of the things that we wrestle with. And the response was, oh, our church has those things. They're private groups though. And, and I just remember being kind of confused as to why that information would even be shared. Because in essence, what it was saying was, well, if you came to our church, we wouldn't let you join it. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, how, how is this helpful at all? If anything, this feels alienating. It feels like you're saying you're not good enough to participate in this, or you, you don't qualify for this, even though it seems like you should. And so it was a really interesting experience because it didn't compel me to want to visit that church or to go to that church. Instead, it said, you don't belong here. And so as we look at the grace that God has given us, one of the things that we commonly talk about is that you can't run far enough away that God won't pursue you. Like God, I mean, the passage you were talking about, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's why he came. Okay, so if that's true, why is it that we make it feel different sometimes? And so as you're sitting in your seat, you don't get to make all the decisions. If you're serving in communications, you don't get to make all the decisions. So hear that, please, because there are plenty of times where I had to move forward on an initiative that I felt was going against this value. I felt like we were putting in unnecessary hoops for people. We were making it unnecessarily complex for people to participate in ministry. So I'm not saying that you can't continue to do the work that you're doing if you don't agree with everything. Not at all, because ultimately it's not your job to make all of those decisions. However, what you can be is a voice. You can be a voice that elevates some of these concerns. Hey, so I see the strategy that you want to do for promoting. Um, here, here's my question. So one of the things we really try hard to do with our communication is we want to make sure that people don't feel like there's all these unnecessary complexities or, or barriers that are preventing them from engaging in ministry with us. Would you be open to considering a different pathway in? Would you be open to having fewer restrictions or making the sign-up process a little simpler? How can we make it as easy as possible for people to engage with us in ministry? And I think that is something that we absolutely are able to communicate to leadership, to ministry leaders, whoever it is that we're working alongside. It is absolutely appropriate for us to bring that up in the conversation about how we're going to promote these events. So look at this as an opportunity to represent the value of proactivity as opposed to the mandate <laughs> that you must remove all things. I'm a big advocate for removing the unnecessary hurdles. In some cases, I'm an advocate for really questioning some of the necessary hurdles and making sure that we feel a strong conviction about these things. Uh, when, when we manufacture complexity for people or we manufacture unnecessary steps, most people can sniff that out. And most people will actually choose to make a different decision because of it. I know for me, I have chosen not to make certain decisions because of how complex the process has been. There are organizations that make it too hard to give to them. 
I, I recognize that that's true. And when I encounter that, there are other organizations that I'm equally compelled by that I would choose to give to instead because the process is easier. Same is true of signing up <laughs> with this example that I shared about small groups. The same is true about small groups. In that case, I might choose to just not be in a small group as opposed to trying to figure out what I need to do to somehow magically qualify myself to meet their unspoken standards as to how I can get into the group that actually seems like the best fit. I mean, do you see how that is really kind of an absurd proposition? So when we go about our jobs as communicators, think through that lens of, is there something practical that I can do proactively to make it easier for the person on the other side? How can I make this event a little bit more attendable? How can I make this ministry program or system or, you know, small groups or membership class, whatever, whatever the thing is that we're talking about, how can I make it just a little bit easier for people to get plugged into this? Because here's what we would believe. I know for me, this is the case. I don't believe that a church puts on an event that they don't believe in. I don't believe that. I think that every event or ministry program or ministry offering that every church in America puts on, someone believes that that is a very positive step for whoever attends when it comes to their well-being spiritually. It's going to grow them in community through relationships. So it's a midweek dinner. Man, it's a great opportunity for people to connect with others in the body of Christ. Fantastic. There's value to that. It's a Bible study. This is going to help people become more comfortable engaging God's word, but also understand it at a deeper level. That's fantastic. I love it. This is a theology class. Awesome. People are going to develop a stronger, deeper understanding of the foundational beliefs uh, with, with the faith that they hold. I love it. These are incredible things. So be careful not to drift into criticism of the events themselves. Somebody believes that these are valuable. Now, they may not be right in the sense that they may not accomplish the, the purposes that they believe can be accomplished. But our job isn't to evaluate that as much as it is to make these as low friction as possible. So how do we do that? The way I like to think of it is us being proactive in grace means that it's easy to see and easy to understand that these events are for the people who are interested in them. And then they can take action with minimal effort. That to me is what it looks like for us to be proactive in our grace. It's to make good things accessible to people as easily as possible. And so that is my hope for you in 2024, that you are able to be proactive, whether that be internally, by developing a plan, by participating in this course and building the foundational systems that you need to have a healthy communications team. Maybe it's by being proactive with the ministry leaders that you serve alongside, leadership themselves, whether that be the, the pastor, the, the elder board, the deacons, whoever it is, proactivity in those relationships, or by being proactive in your grace to the world around you outside the church, making engagement with your ministry as easy and as clear as possible. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Healthy Creative Ministry Podcast. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes can help you build a healthy creative ministry in your church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co.
And if you have a minute, would you be so kind as to consider writing a review for the podcast on the place where you listen? Those reviews are so helpful as people are considering spending their ear time somewhere. Is this the right podcast for them to listen to? 